All right. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. I am Brittany, and I am joined by my co-host, DeAndre. And our guest today is Roderick. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Unfortunately, Shaq has COVID, and he will not be with us today. Yeah, um, honestly, Omarion's been snatching people up, okay? Like, this new variant. (laughs) Omnicron has been, I know, like, 20 people right now, literally. It's spreading. Honestly, and it's it's making me nervous because like this is the worst possible time for us to be on vacation in Houston of all places, where mm-hmm. they lifted the mask order, and they have the whole uh, privatized electric grid. So if anything were to go down, we're kind of screwed. Yeah. How long are you in Houston for? Uh, about twelve more hours. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, but with that being said, we um, are keeping him and everyone else who is ill right now in our prayers. We hope that you get speedy recoveries, mild symptoms, um, and you're just able to relax at home. That's what, it, that's what I hope it is. Um, so that and then Jamal just let me know that John Madden passed away. So rest in yes, peace, he John did. Madden. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the rest of these are legends. Sports fans, the iconic voice of, of the video games and everything else. Coach, everything. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> first things first, after all of that out of the way. Um, mental health check in. How was your Christmas? How was your week? Went on. You can start with DeAndre. Um, my Christmas was fantastic. You know, I spent it with the people closest to me. Um, weekend's been solid. It was good up until like I want to say two days ago, when his humidity started to beat my asthma and made like all of us sick. You're gonna say ass? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it really, really uh, got to my asthma, and um, it got all of us sick. But outside of that, it's not too bad. Nice. I um my Christmas was good. It was chill. It wasn't. I mean, it was. I'm at the point in my adulthood um, that it I, it's for the children, so they had a great Christmas. Everything was good there. Um, I do have. So I'm gonna let you guys know that I have. I'm about to be all over the fence with this, right? Um, with everything I have to say. But I was super excited because just the other day I got my copies of the books that I have um, written. So (laughs) I just wanted to show them. Um, So, yeah, this is my weight loss journal. Don't stop until you're proud. Um, And it's basically just you fill it in, as you guys can see, like weekly weigh-ins. It has – you can, like – um, mark off the pounds as you lose them and like set goals for yourself. So for every 10 pounds, like here I have like buy a new pair of running shoes um, or whatever your rewards are. So that's my my weight loss journal I wrote. And then Jamal and I did a couple's coupon book. They're available on Amazon. Um, and the coupons are doubled. So they're meant for each person in the relationship to be able to cash them in. 
That's nice. Uh, so super excited like about that. that. Thanks. <laughs> and um, the other thing that was just like the most annoying part of my week, and I wasn't going to talk about it, but I figured it's therapy week, so I should just release and move forward. <laughs> um, so look, um, earlier this month, Jamal and I got Verizon wire, like Verizon Wi-Fi installed. And I don't know how much you know about Verizon, but when they are like first install, they do a temporary wire and then they come back later and they get a construction crew and they bury it. Mm -hmm. Right. So on December 8th, they did our install. They said in about 10 business days, someone will be back out. On December 17th, the maintenance and I'm apparently property manager of our complex decided that they were just going to cut the wire like it wasn't my Wi-Fi, like wow. they pay my bills. I, I'm very perplexed. So they did it. And honestly, we heard them outside and we didn't realize like what was happening until it was over. So I called Verizon. They brought somebody out the next morning. They reconnected it. Yesterday, <laughs> we hear them outside again. And we're like, so I'm not going to lie. The first time they did it, it was very haphazard. Like the wire was all over the place across the sidewalk, right? The last time they did it, he like put it right in the crevice of the sidewalk. So yesterday we hear maintenance outside and I'm like, I think they're trying to cut our wire again. So Jamal goes outside and says something and they had already cut it and they're like, it's a hazard. You need to take that up with your service provider. And I'm like, bruh, you're cutting my, like, this is my internet. Like, you don't pay this bill. This has absolutely nothing to do with anything that I, you know what I mean? Like, anything with the property. It's not a hazard. You haven't had any accidents. It just really pissed me off because <laughs> the next available appointment was 2 p.m. today. So we've been hot spotting our TVs um, so that Ryan is entertained and we're able to get work done. Um, it's just been very stressful. So I had to express that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> no problem. Um, but Rod, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, how your week is going. Oh, yeah. Um, so of, my name is Roderick. Um, <laughs> I am a case manager slash uh, in-home therapist soon uh to be licensed therapist hopefully um gotta go back to school to get some classes but um i do have a master's in counseling i have been um an in-home counselor for about what 13 years um i've been a case manager for about nine years um so yeah i've been all over the mental health field i i work for the uh community service board in my city and um that is pretty much like everything that you can think of when it comes to mental health i've done stuff with emergency services i've done case management i've done outpatient therapy i've done in-home therapy um so pretty much um anything that you can think of dealing with mental health uh i've dealt with it in some capacity um my week has been pretty pretty up and down um christmas and holidays was great it was great to see family 
great to be around people. Um, I got a new, <laughs> so little thing about me, uh, I have a bread maker that I'm like super like in love with and I've been like just experimenting with making all types of bread and everything. Um, so I got a recipe book from my wife. Um, it's a bread making recipe book. So I'm just excited <laughs> to try some of Everything. the uh, <laughs> yeah, bread recipes. Um, but, uh, you know, like I say, up and down, um, my mom is kind of under the weather right now. So um, just hoping that she's okay, hoping that it's not mm-hmm. COVID. Um, she was tested today, so I'm waiting for her to get her results back. Um, and then I guess it's just this weather. You know, the, the I'm in Virginia, so uh, the weather has been super, like, inconsistent. Like, Virginia yeah. weather tends to be. Yeah. It's, it's 30 degrees one day, and then it's 60 degrees the next day. So, yeah. so that's been kind of been messing up like sinuses and it was 70 on christmas here yeah i was like what is this it was like 66 (laughs) on christmas and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be 50 today it's going to be 70 tomorrow meanwhile my sister's like hey is it snowing there because it's snowing in michigan and i'm like no not at all (laughs) not at all we'll probably get some snow baby february that's usually when it hits, when yeah. you think it shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I was worried that I was able to walk around in my like my slippers on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a coat on Christmas. I wore Yeah. I wore a hoodie and like I was walking back from my car. I was sweating. I came in the house. I turned off the heat. I'm like, mm-mm, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely been up and down. So our topic today is about therapy in the Black community. Um, And as he mentioned, Roderick is a therapist. Um, So in preparation for the show, I asked Rod to play a little therapy game with us to kind of start everything off. So Rod, if you'd like to facilitate that. (laughs) Okay. How you Um, would. The game that we agreed on, right? Yes. Unless you unless you want to go off the rails, I mean that's fine no, too. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sober, so we stay on the rails. <laughs> um, Freestyling is always encouraged, right? <laughs> um, so yes, the the game was uh, or the, the icebreaker activity is called uh, "My Family as Animals," and basically the premise of it is to you know facilitate communication. I do this with families. Uh, most of the time is to help facilitate communication um, just to get a deeper understanding of how your family members think and it kind of um, subverts some of the expectations that some family members have because some of the uh, animals that their family members may pick they may have their own um interpretation of what that animal is to them but then when the family member explains why they picked that animal it may be like something completely different um i think one of the examples i had was a kid he picked what did he pick um a wolf i believe for his mom and the mom was like what do you think i'm like aggressive and like 
I want to hurt you. It's like, no, uh, to me, wasps are like super protective. And that's what I think of when I think of you, like you're super protective. Mm -hmm. So the mom thought one thing and the kid was like, no, it's something completely different. And it kind of gives them a way to, you know, talk about that. And now mom can see, oh, this kid thinks of me this way. Um, so maybe some of the things that I've been thinking of or that I have some of the ideas I have about the way the kid behaves or some of the things they say, I may be going about it completely different. Uh, so, so yeah, the, the activity is basically you take every member of the family and you assign that member uh, an animal. And then you give like one or two reasons why you pick that animal for that family member. So huh. DeAndre. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're a family here. <laughs> Um, I actually had, you know, the advantage of knowing the game in advance and being able to think about it, right? Um, so that's, yeah, I would say for you, it was between a panda or a koala bear. And the reason why it was between is because I couldn't remember which one was the more, like, cute and cuddly yet deadly of the two. Like, one of them is, like... <laughs> It looks cute, but don't approach it. I think it's the koala, to be honest. I feel like it's the panda. The panda is a high body count. That's a high body count. So that's my animal for you. Okay. I appreciate that. Everyone saying is like a mama bear in my head. I would definitely say you're more like a mother polar bear. Is it because I'm light skinned? <laughs> well, that's reason one. Oh, black bear. Okay. <laughs> well, um, you're you're very protective of your family. Like, you obviously don't want anybody tampering with that. And you're always about your business. Shaq's not here, but I was gonna um, tell him that he re he's a spider <laughs> in the sense of he is small physically, like in stature, um, but he is intelligent and um, I don't want to use the word sneaky, but he's, he's complex. <laughs> yeah, and play. you don't realize you're in his web until you're there. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that would be my animal for Shaq if he was here. Mm -hmm. Do you have a different one for Shaq? Mm. I'll say Shaq is more like a pit bull. <laughs> like to most people, he might seem threatening if like you don't really know him like that. But if you do get to know him, he's like a really cool, laid-back person. That's real. I like that. <laughs> I like your, your therapist face. Mine? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to comment, like, I'm listening to the both of you. I'm comment, I would comment that you both gave each other like bears. Mm -hmm. Then you gave Shaq 
you know, Spider and Pitbull. So would you guys say that you your personalities are more alike and Shaq is kind of like the the wild card as yeah. In a sense, <laughs> the, the way I view it is like our personalities are sort of like already somewhat set in stone while Shaq's is still growing and forming in a sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why those animals that we gave them kind of represent that. I agree. I mean, you know, Shaq's the youngest of us. Um, by far for me, at least. <laughs> And um, yeah, I mean, in general, he's our firecracker. He is the one yeah. that's a little like you never know what he's going to say. So that's, I think, that's yeah, a great conclusion to come to, and not something that I even would think about. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Can I? Uh, can I participate? Can I do you guys? Yeah. I was actually going to ask you to. I don't uh I don't really know DeAndre, but I know Brittany pretty well. Um, so just based on you know um, what I'm seeing from DeAndre, it's gonna sound super like like generic and uh, cliche, but I would say uh, like a lion for you. Um, like I don't know you, but just like something about your presence seems like very proud and um, almost like regal. So I would say lion for you. Um, for Brittany, I would say <laughs> I would say a swan. Nice. Um, because you are definitely about your young like swans, they look, they're very pretty to look at, but if you mess with one of their, their little ones, they will attack you, they will claw at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and like, just like any other, uh, I guess, like they say, like ducks and, and things like that, but the swan looks very calm on the surface, but it's doing a whole lot of work underneath. Oh, like underneath. The, their feet are going like a mile a minute under the water, but they look very like graceful, like it's easy for them. But you can see the, the work. You can't see the work that they're doing. They Aww, make it look easy. I like that. I have a new spirit I know, right? <laughs> I'm over here like, oh, he thought of animals. I don't even think of You know, I, I've been doing this, so. <laughs> right, exactly. I've heard some animals that I had to look up. Somebody was like, Osprey. I was like an osprey. <laughs> what is an osprey? Some right. Birdies. And the whole time you're like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Exactly. Why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> What's your explanation? Yeah, Tell me more yeah. about this osprey. Yeah. And and a lot of that is is what therapy is. A lot of that is you finding out things like uh, people uh when they meet us they're like oh my god help us help us figure it out and i'm like you have the answers already you are the experts on your family i'm more just like a, uh, a focusing tool something that you can use to like 
figure it out. But you already have those answers inside of you. But I'm just here to kind of like highlight those things. I'm like a highlighter. Like if you if you if you ever use a highlighter in like a textbook, the the answers are already there. The highlighter just shows you exactly where they are. You just gotta. Right. It helps you get through all of the 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 mumbo jumbo the that they. Yeah, and get to what the the main idea is and what the main focal point is. So that's so how that, was, that was a lot better than what I was gonna compare you to. I was gonna say like you were more so like a shovel, and uh-huh. you were more so the tool to help them find the answer faster. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but it, essentially, I am a tool. Like, I am a tool to be used for you to get to whatever it is that you need to get to. So, some some will use me. Some will, uh, like, using your example of a shovel, a shovel is not going to dig on its own. Right. You actually yeah. have to use the shovel to yeah. dig the hole. If you just say, shovel, dig this hole and get this treasure for me, the shovel is just going to sit there. The shovel is going to be the shovel. You have to actually do the work. You have to put the work in and actually use the shovel to dig the hole. Now, can you get to the treasure without the shovel? Absolutely. Some people do. Some people get down on the hands and knees and can be like, I don't need that shovel. I can dig with my hands or I can use something else to on my own to get there. Absolutely. Some people do that. But but will the shovel help? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's I mean, that is a great analogy. Because <laughs> like you said, people, you can do the work on your own. The mm-hmm. answers, like you said, are there. They are. A therapist does not magically come up with an answer that doesn't already exist. No, I'm, I'm not magic. I just <laughs> <laughs> not Miss Clea. <laughs> not at all. I don't. I don't know the answers. I'm coming in there, um, kind of blind. And with us, when you, of course, there's always like a line. There's a file with your background and and words and and numbers and and labels and titles and things like that, which are, you know, helpful in a way, but I tend to not go so far into reading those because I want to kind of form my own opinion or my own, you know, therapeutic uh, sense of who you are mm-hmm. when I'm meeting with you. So I kind of just glance over and see, you know, the age, you know, whatever the diagnosis is, so I kind of have an idea of what I'm looking for or in store for. Um, but, of course, even that has been completely, like, left field sometimes. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of just like to get a sense for the uh, the person or the family that I'm working with when I meet them. Um, what what got me to that point is I there's a program um, at my job is called uh, the Sexual Harm Program, and it's working with uh, kids who have committed sexual offenses. And, you know, the first time I worked with a kid like that, I read their chart 
and all the stuff that they did. And I was just like completely like turned off. I was like, oh my God, I'm not right. going to be able to with this kid. I'm not going to be able to, you know, help him or see the good in him and stuff like that. Then I actually went to work with him and met with him. He was actually, I mean, the, the crime that he committed was awful, but he was actually, you know, trying to make amends and trying to do the right thing and trying to get on the right track. And so if I would have let my, you know, preconceived notions of him, like, not let me see that, I probably, he probably wouldn't have been able to make any progress and I probably wouldn't have been able to assist him. Right. Yeah. So what made you get into this field, just to begin with? (laughs) So the funny story is that, uh, well, the short story of it is that Um, originally I wanted to be a doctor, like a medical doctor. However, I'm terrified of needles. I'm squeamish (laughs) around blood. Um, So that kind of was put on the back burner, but I still wanted to do something where I could help people. And it was kind of in like the healthcare field. And so that's what brought me to psychology and studying the mind and things like that. And um, I kind of developed a fascination for uh, conversing with people. So meeting new people, talking to people, even though sometimes I feel like I'm terrible at uh, meeting new people and things like that, but it still like fascinates me to learn about people. So I, I kind of, that's what kind of drove me into that path. It's funny that you say that because that was the same for me because I studied psychology um, and I originally wanted to be a doctor and I'm not squeamish or anything. It's just I took like a psych class in high school and I was like, I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna make that my major. <laughs> and I just like stuck with it. So it was it was very similar because I've always been the type of person to want to help others. Mm-hmm. Um and I build rapport well with people, um, but I also have really bad social anxiety. So it's like this like, catch-22. It's like, I want to be able to talk and help you, but picking up that phone is scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I get that 100%. I just did not continue schooling beyond my bachelor's, so. Yeah, it's never too late. I'm going back in January. That's true. So, <laughs> I need some extra classes, but yeah, it's, Definitely, I, I definitely have uh, anxiety as well. Um, so imagine just walking into a stranger's house. You right. <laughs> what you're going to see, and that's like your job. <laughs> right. They don't know you, you don't know them. Facing you gotta it head of, on every day. <laughs> so I am <laughs> tested. <laughs> My interest in, in psychology sounds com- uh, complicated compared to y'all's. <laughs> um, I worked for 14 years in my mom's daycare, and okay. I worked with a myriad of personalities like Down syndrome, schizophrenia, ADD, ADHD, ODD, whatnot. And um, that gave me a varied understanding of different personalities because, like, I promise you, I was just like, you know, just how pretty much every kid is coming up. You hear ADD or ADHD, it's like immediately, oh, this kid's bad. Or, you know, there's something wrong with this kid. You got to treat him like a, a fragile 
treat treat them like they're glass, basically. In reality, they're not. Like they're, they want to be treated like everybody else. You just have to understand them. And um, fast forward, I wanted to be a chef originally, so I did that for ten years. But when I got into Bidwell, I um, we have this program in the kitchen where we would make food for the entire school and then we would freeze the leftovers and give them to the homeless shelter and that made me feel so good inside because i secretly not even secretly but i love helping people and it made me feel good that all that work we put into our food went to people less fortunate than i so like fast forward a little bit forward <laughs> um <laughs> I ended up getting into a very toxic relationship. But after that ended, I ended up studying, um, what was it? Narcissism, like in depth. And then it just led me down a rabbit hole that is psychology. And into uh, the quarantine, which led me to uh, Pokemon groups, which is how I met Britain. And then yeah. this came out of it. Yeah, Facebook friends. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I also met Rod in a Facebook group. Yep. Um, we just actually met in person, so now we're real life friends. <laughs> yep. It was a show you should always meet your internet friends. Always you meet should. your internet friends, yes. Yeah, I mean, take the time to make sure they're not crazy and then meet your, meet your internet friends. Of course, <laughs> of course. That goes without saying. So how is your experience as a black man in your field? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. That's a very loaded question. It yeah, is. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so, it, it is. Hmm. How do I want to answer that? I have seen. So, that, you know, stereotypes exist. Um. So, being in this field, you kind of, people kind of expect you to be this stereotype. So just about every stereotype that people can think of for a black man, they've expected that um, in some form or fashion. Um, working with some families, they, they want you to be like the, you come in and the majority of the families I work with have been uh, single parent, single mom uh, homes where they have a, a teenage boy, and and that's who I'm working with. And they come in expecting me to be like the disciplinarian and things like that. And I and I have to let them know that's not me. Um, <laughs> I am not going to come in and and yell at your child or discipline your child. That is your job. What I am here to do is to help you all figure out what is causing the friction, the, the conflict in y'all's relationship. Um, I have been, you know, targeted by the kid as, you know, being square, not being cool. Of course, eh, I get that. No, I, I'm not. I'm not uh, the the. I'm not the image that they look up to. They they look up to whoever the, the popular rapper is or the popular basketball player, and I'm not like that at all. 
Um, so it's been hard sometimes to uh, join with the kid because they see me as like, oh, you like video games and I don't like to play video games. I like to play basketball and I'm terrible at basketball. But I mean, let's go. We can go out and you can kick my butt at basketball. I don't care. I just want to, you know, see you in your element. Um, so my way of um, joining with them is always one thing. It's always something that I can find that they like, that I like as well. And I hold on to that like it's the last hope. <laughs> like uh, that, that thing, that thing, I have to make sure I always bring that thing up. Like with one kid, it was wrestling. He loved wrestling. So making sure I'm watching wrestling before I go see him. Let me keep up with what's going on so we can talk about it in case he's not in the mood to talk about whatever it is that's going on with him. When I go there, I can be like, well, let's talk about wrestling then. What what happened last night on uh, SmackDown or Raw or whatever. Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so they at least gets them talking. Um, like I said, most most parents I have uh, haven't had too much trouble with, but it's just that select few that be like, he's the problem, fix him, talk to me when you're done. You don't need to talk to me. I'm not the problem. Right. Um, so it, it, it becomes a, a, a thing where it's like talking to the parents. It's like, you're a part of this. I'm not saying that you're a problem. And I'm not saying that the the child is a problem, but you guys are like a machine. If one part of the machine isn't doing what it's supposed to do, the machine isn't going to work right. So it right. doesn't matter if you're doing what you're supposed to do. If this part of the machine isn't doing what it's supposed to do, the machine is going to work right. So you have to help this part of the machine to work right. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's this Maybe it's this part, but you you guys still have to work together so that the whole machine works right. So you can't just be like, "Well, fix him." What do you want me to fix? It's, he's not broken, or right. he's not broken, or you're not broken. There, there's nothing to fix. We just it's something to figure out. When you had mentioned um, how parents will be like, fix them and talk to me later, it reminded me of this quote that I heard that was like, you know, people who go to therapy go to therapy to fix problems that were caused by people who should have went to therapy. <laughs> and it's just a cycle <laughs> until it's broken. Until it's broken, yeah. I advocate everybody to go to therapy. I've gone... Um, for dealing with my anxiety and it was great it was a it was a really insightful thing just you think you know stuff until somebody else tells you the stuff that you think you know and it's like oh wow i never looked at it like that mm -hmm. like i know because you were looking at because you're in it and it's hard to deal with it when you're in it sometimes sometimes you need that outside person to you know have that vantage point that they're outside looking at you, uh, spinning your wheels like, no, I got it, I got it, no, fine, I got it. <laughs> Actually, no, you you, you kind of don't. It's kind of like you're on a TV show, but you never 
turn around and see the cameras focusing in on you. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great analogy. That's a great way to put it. So what would you how would you make people or what would you say to someone? That's a better way to start that sentence. <laughs> what would you say to someone who knows that they probably need therapy um but does not know like where to start not even in like finding a therapist but i think a lot of, of the hesitation for people in general um is i how do i unpack 30 years of my life <laughs> and where do i start but i know i have issues um how do you i know you had talked a little bit about like making those connections with the children um but how do you deal with people who are just like when you ask them why are you here they're like I don't know. Everything. I'm here for everything because adulting yeah. is hard. Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Tell me how it's hard. Tell me what's yeah. hard about adulting. Start there. And and you know you just t- tell me about your typical day. Tell me about what happens in your day. What happens when you wake up? How do you feel when you wake up? Um, who do you interact with? Do you have a support system? You know. Um, it. Just going throughout, you know, somebody's day or tell me about your week, you'll find something. You'll find something that they need uh, assistance with or something that they felt like they didn't handle the right way or a question that'll just pop up or something that they couldn't figure out or uh, something that annoyed them. And then you just kind of go from there. It's like... um when you're searching for the uh, the tape, when you have tape, when you're trying to tape something, you're trying to find mm-hmm. that the starting point. Oh, yeah, point. the starting where, point. Where is it? <laughs> where is that start of the tape? But when you find it, ah, shh, let's go. Right. Once you get it started, and sometimes you may screw up the tape, you may just get that little bitty sliver, you'd be like, I gotta get some more. But it's it's like that. Takes time and, and uh, determination, but absolutely, and it, and it, and it's and it's not going to happen immediately. That's the one thing. Not I at all. Say therapy is a process. Mm-hmm. I, I say that word at least twenty times. It's a process. It's a process. It's it's not going to happen overnight. These problems weren't created overnight. Right. So you can't expect them to disappear overnight. But with time and, and you know, changing your habits and recognizing the the cycles that you fall into and, and trying to get yourself out of those cycles, eventually you will start to, you know, turn around and you will see some of those problems diminish. Awesome. So... How this is a general question. How do we get more black people, especially black men, mm-hmm. to go to therapy? How do we how do we make it cool? <laughs> Sheesh. Oof. Oh, uh, man. Man, that's, that is such a that's a tough question. Tough, it is yeah. a very tough question. And I would think that one of the solutions is do not equate therapy with punishment. A lot of the kids that I, you know, deal with um, have done something 
they have gotten in trouble, they're doing something wrong, and so like that this is your consequence. It's not a consequence. This is something to help them. So right. I you know, the, the first thing I, you know, try to do is to make it fun for the kid to let them know that this is not a consequence. You can have fun in therapy, but we're gonna have some real talks as well. Um, so I think that's the first thing is to just not have it be equated with a consequence or with punishment because so many of our uh, young black men are, um, the, that's the other thing, um, they're misdiagnosed or we have teachers and, and stuff, um, what's the word, in the system, it's systemic. So mm-hmm. that's the thing, it's systemic. Um, you got to have teachers that can recognize um, and deal with, you know, rambunctious children and not just punish them and send them out of the class when they are doing something that they, you know, just being kids. Right. Which is most of the time they're being kids. Kids are mischievous, mm-hmm. uh, mischievous, mischievous, mischievous. They, okay. they get into things. They're curious. Um and a lot of times when you're trying to hit certain um, points in your teaching, the you can't have these distractions. I can't have this distraction because we have to get to this chapter by next week. So this kid has to leave because they are talking or and stuff like that. And then that starts the, the paper trail. This kid gets, to look, gets looked at as a problem now. And so now they got that stigma as the problem child. And so then you bring in the parents and then they go see the guidance counselor. And then they suggest, oh, this kid should get counseling because he's acting up mm-hmm. when it, it shouldn't be getting counseling because you're acting up. It shouldn't be a consequence because that's how the kid is going to look at it. Oh, you're doing something bad. So you have to talk to this counselor now because you're doing something bad. Um, you have to make therapy fun and make it something that is widely shown. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, it has to be. It just has to be. The stigma from therapy got got to be removed. Right. Um, Taught in schools too. I mean, that that part, like but, in the sense of of it, the stigma, like getting yeah. rid of the stigma. If we're talking about it in school, how therapy is yeah. a normal mental health yeah. situation. Yeah, talking about your feelings should be normalized. Yes. Expressing yourself in a in a positive way should be normalized. It should be taught like little boys, little girls. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get upset. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to be excited. None of these things are bad. They're mm-hmm. feelings, they're emotions. They're, they're human. That's what makes us human. Right. And that's the, that's the thing about children is that we stifle or not, you know, not we as a, we as a collective and not as individuals, but we stifle their emotions so young. Yeah and tell them that they shouldn't feel that way or if they feel that way they're soft or they're yeah. you know 
whatever the case may be, and we don't give them the opportunity to grow into emotionally mature adults, um, which then causes all of the issues there too. So, yeah, um, like trap them in a box, and then when they grow up, we're like, why aren't you accustomed to the outside world? Right. Exactly. You, you uh, put me in this box for fifteen years. Exactly. <laughs> you told me and that then you said go get him, Tiger. Yeah, if I'm hurt, yeah, this box is my world for like twenty some years. Yeah. And then I found there's a whole other world outside of this. I'm not gonna be ready to adjust to that. Yeah. Right. And I mean it's very similar to like incarceration in general. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the way that children are being raised, which is sad. <laughs> As if they're in a penitentiary. We we need um, after hearing Roger's answer, we need to frame uh, therapy in the same way we frame sports. We need to view it as a reward. You know, mm-hmm. when they say you're gonna get into football, you're like, oh, you're gonna uh, you know get millions, you're gonna be in the NFL, you're gonna get trophies, MVPs, the whole nine yards. They never view it as a negative. They don't tell you about the injuries you're gonna get, mm-hmm. what the media is gonna do to you. They don't tell you about any of that stuff. They always view it as a as a reward of what you're gonna get into. We should start framing therapy as a reward. Like we look at um a lot of black people look at as at the Obamas as the ideal black family. Mm-hmm. We should view them as a reward of therapy because I'm positive they all go to therapy. They all talk about their emotions. That's mm-hmm. one of the issues with how their daughters come up because they raise them as responsible yet free adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with all of that. I wanted to touch on just in general, um, men being open about their feelings. I was having this conversation with Jamal and I was telling him as far as getting adults, because um, like I said, I think last week that my main goal when I was going or, you know, going into the field of psychology was to work with children, because if you can help them as children, then we'd have less um, incapable adults, right? (laughs) Of dealing with whatever they're dealing with. Um, But as far as once you are an adult and you're dealing with a, and I'm going to specifically say a black man, but a man in general, who and women have the same issue. I'm not, but <laughs> men are, are raised to not have emotions, right? <laughs> um, or express them. But I was like, it starts in the home. It starts in the home, and not only with our children, but with our significant others. Um, and when they say like, "Be his peace," people mm-hmm. take that as you know, be submissive or be this. No, it's it's about creating a safe space. Right. For your spouse so that he can be comfortable and he can be emotional, he can express himself without judgment. Um, and that builds emotional trust. And I feel like once you build that in your home, if therapy is the next step, it will feel like a more natural next step than, you know, I don't express myself at all. And now my wife wants me to see a therapist. <laughs> so I, it starts in the home and I'm, as a wife, that is something that I've, um, I mean, I've had to learn because I've never been a wife before. I've been a girlfriend, but that's not the same thing. Um, so as a wife, that's something you I've had to learn is that, you know, Jamal has 
dealt with or deals with PTSD from being in the army. He, he has his own mental health issues. We both deal with anxiety. Um, but understanding that and giving him the opportunity to express it, because for 30 years, this man did not know that he had anxiety until this year. Mm-hmm. This year, he was able to pinpoint the feeling um, just in conversation amongst us for him to realize, like, that's what I'm feeling. It's not just because mm-hmm. all his life he's felt it and just thought it was it was normal or, you know, he's panicking and doesn't want to feel that way, mm-hmm. but was never able to put an actual name to it. So um, that's I mean, that's I feel is the first step in dealing with aim and deal you know in living with and having a relationship with a man who will not uh, who was who was essentially trained mm-hmm. to not express emotion yeah so um with that being said rod how um how do you feel that expressing yourself and being open with your emotions has helped your marriage um i'm glad you said <laughs> i'm glad you asked that so <laughs> When I, before uh, my wife and I got married, um, my anxiety was like super high. Um, you know, just thinking about, you know, am I going to ruin this woman's life? You know, um, am I ready? You know, all of the doubts and things you, you have before you get married. So um, my anxiety was like manifesting itself in, um, I drive from, here through like the tunnel uh we have a tunnel and over a bridge to get to work and so i would be in the tunnel like having a full-on panic attack because i was like what is this tunnel just collapses and the water just starts coming in and i drown and i don't get to you know be around my family and my family guys the more and that used to happen to me like daily like Mm -hmm. i going to work and coming home until the point where i was like i need to you know, talk to somebody about that because that's not healthy to just think about yourself dying twice a day. Um, so I went to see someone and I did not tell my wife at the time because I was worried about what she may think or say. She might think that I'm weak or, you know, what's going on with you that you need to go go to therapy just because of all of the, you know, social stuff, all of the stigma that they say oh, as a man, you have to be this, you have to be that. And I was that. I was the 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 strong friend that they say. You know, check mm-hmm. on your strong friend. I was the strong friend. I didn't show my emotion because I put my emotions on the back burner because of what I do. So I couldn't afford to feel at the time because I need to make sure you're good. So, and and I feel like all of that was catching up to me and uh causing anxiety and things like that so when i finally started talking to somebody uh, she was like well you you should tell your wife that you're in therapy because that's just gonna create more anxiety because you're gonna be in a session and she's gonna be like well why aren't you at home where are you right calling you right so (laughs) you know after the first session was the first it might have been the second session i went to i i told her and she was like super supportive and that just made it so much easier to express myself to her Mm -hmm. um after that so i was like okay well 
whatever expectation I had in my mind of how this was going to go is, is not how it went. So now I feel super comfortable, you know, expressing anything to you. And she is great. She lets me uh, be sad when I want to be sad. She lets me listen to sad music when it rains. On rainy days. <laughs> On rainy days. Um, she lets me be super excited when I uh, want to go see Captain America. Um, I was driving in the car and I was just <laughs> on the way to the movie and she was just like oh my god you're really like super excited to see this movie aren't you yes I am <laughs> and I can communicate that because the time that I you know she shattered anything that I any negative thoughts that I had about expressing myself to her so that was super helpful I think that you know people doing that will help people open up more is when when you be like you sad what you sad for just just closing the shut them back down the walls yeah. go up the walls go up shutting the doors they're putting locks they're putting chairs in front of the door you know they're building brick walls with steel reinforcement all of that mm-hmm. when you really should lean in and, and try to figure out if there's somebody that you care about you know, why are you feeling this? And, you know, don't uh, shame their feelings. Or invalidate their feelings. Invalidate their feelings. Absolutely. Yeah, because I feel like it only takes you to do that one, two times. And, like, it's the end of that relationship, essentially. Like, you're not going to be going too much too I know not to go far. to you. Right. I know not to go to you for this. So that they'll go to something else. Something that is negative i may act out i may use alcohol or drugs Mm -hmm. to deal with these feelings because i can't come to you with it i may turn to somebody else because i can't turn to you right and then you know in opening up i mean especially when you're talking about a relationship you're turning to someone else and you're expressing these feelings and Honestly, that could very quickly turn into an emotional affair if it's somebody, you know, and... Yeah, they're feeling the need. They're fulfilling the need. Mm -hmm. I've, um, I told told, um, an acquaintance this when she was asking for some help with trying to get her boyfriend to open open up at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, men are trained to be guarded with our emotions. So when we open up to y'all, we're literally handing you our kryptonite. So we are trusting you with the one thing that can kill us. Mm-hmm. And we take that yeah. very seriously when it's misused. Yep. You only get one chance. And it's it can't not, be misused. Nothing more than that. And that one person misused it, they done messed it up for everybody. Yeah. Because yeah. now you're like, well, that person, if I tell this person, they're going to use it against me. If I tell that exactly. person, they're going to use it against me. So now I can't tell anybody. Yeah, like you living the rest of your life on guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> but no, that's exactly how it is. And then people bring that baggage, like you said, into the next relationship or into their friendships. And... I mean, it spirals out of control, (laughs) essentially. It becomes to a point where you, and then that's when therapy is necessary, where you don't, you can't find 
what started it, how it started, but you're not able to have a healthy relationship at all. Right. And that's when it, and that's when it's really hard is when it's, it's so much, it's so much baggage. It's so much stuff that you haven't unpacked. It's like, well, shoot, where do I begin? Right. Then how do I stop from going back to the old ways of dealing with stuff? Because it's easy, uh, and it's easy, and it's not even. Down. You know, it's not healthy, but it's easy. It's mm-hmm. it's comfortable to you. You're comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Because it's it's, you're used to. It's familiar, right? Like you've been sleeping on the floor your whole life. Somebody tells you to sleep on a a bed. You're gonna be like, I don't know. I'm used to sleeping on this floor. I'm gonna have to get used to sleeping on this bed, even mm-hmm. though the bed is probably better for you to sleep on than the floor you're like i don't know i've been i'm used to this right absolutely so do you um have any tips for finding a good therapist um yeah so the people who are blessed and, and privileged and everything like that to have like insurance and everything like that you can look on your insure your insurance website like if you have optima you can go to optima.com or whatever your insurance is and they actually have um search bars where you can find providers and things like that um and you can kind of pick from the providers that your insurance uh offers and you can kind of pick whichever provider you want. Um, if you do not have insurance, uh, Google is your friend. Um, I will say that it will probably take some trial and error to find um, your fit. So if you have a bad experience with one, try try another one. Um, most most um, <laughs> Most cities and things like that, they have like a a community service board or something similar to that, where there is they offer um, those type of therapy services to the community for free or a, a reduced price and things like that. So I would reach out to them um, and try to find your local community service board or community service provider something like that, because they are uh, more affordable for people who, if money is an issue, because (laughs) therapy is an expensive service. Right. They don't pay. (laughs) They don't pay therapists that well, (laughs) which is is ironic. That's crazy. Such an expensive service, but mental health workers aren't paid for the type of work that we do because we do a lot of work. Um, And in my opinion, this is not just because I do it. Um, I would do it for what I make for less than what I make because it's what I love. It's my passion. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's nothing, you know, it's not a monetary gain. It's right. It's nothing, you know, I enjoy seeing people prosper. Um, But, I would love to see uh, teachers, counselors, therapists, 
paid the same as nurses, doctors, because we do some of the same. Absolutely. And we don't have x-ray machines or, you know, PET scans or CAT Mm -hmm. scans to tell where the damage is. We're going in there with a notebook and a pen trying to figure out and uh, some crayons and, and construction paper and trying to figure out where the pain is and we're healing that way. There's no bandage for emotional pain. There's no bandage for mental pain. You can put a cast on a broken bone. You can't put a cast on someone who is depressed or has a broken heart or is grieving. Um, So, you know, we do some some very tough work with not a lot of... uh, the, the technology. Cool. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, as far I so I've only gone to therapy once, and I should probably go, not like one session, but like for one aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I went to um, family therapy with mm-hmm. uh, Julian's father at one point in time. And it was really to, the goal originally was to have an amicable breakup Mm -hmm. and figure out how that would work out. Um, But I say that to say that we were able to go up to University of Maryland um, and utilize their services, which um, just to add on that a lot of colleges and universities offer that um, for people who do not have a lot of money, either for free or severely discounted. I think it was like $20 a session um, Mm. when I went for me. But um, that that's also another option. Um, But I definitely have been, I I need to go (laughs) for myself. Um, So this conversation has been um, generally enlightening. Um, It's definitely made me realize that I could use some help. I could yeah, use like, a shovel, a like highlighter. A like you go to the doctor for a checkup. You should right. go to the therapist for a mental checkup. Just exactly. as often. The stuff happens. We we see things and they they impact us. Absolutely. I know when all of the uh the police killings and things like that were happening to unarmed black men. Um, unarmed black women um, it, it really hit me hard so I, I definitely needed the to you know decompress and to you know do a mental checkup and just make sure that you know I, I felt mentally healthy because it, it was hard and then having to go out here and talk to the kids and families about what's going on because they watch the news they see it you know, it's on their mind too. Um, I remember having a conversation with a nine year old about why he wasn't able why his mom wouldn't buy him um toy guns. And he was like, I want a nerf gun. I really want one. And I'm like, Ugh. had to have that conversation with a nine year old is it's tough. It's tough. But we had it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's necessary. I mean, in general, it's necessary, 
um, especially at that age, because you're at the age where you're hitting puberty, you're about to shoot up, you're about to be a threat mm -hmm. in the eyes of society. So, yeah, <laughs> it's sad. It, it was, it was, it was a tough conversation to have, and I could tell he was kind of like, "Hmm, wow!" Like it, it's, it's rare that I because I like I like working with like the teenagers so it's rare that I work with like a young one mm -hmm. that's young um but he's nine and you could kind of like see some innocence him losing some innocence right it was very sad it was very sad to see absolutely and that's why it's like it's it's sad because those conversations need to have need to be had at an age earlier than they should yeah and at an age earlier than comprehension will even allow them to fully grasp the situation right so we're, but we're forcing them to grow up we're forcing them to kind of comprehend it right even before you're ready like it, you you got to understand this now mm -hmm. you may not even understand your feelings yet but this thing is important for your like survival and that at, at nine, that's that's crazy. Absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry, I sound like whoever's in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do you have any mental health tips for us going through this pandemic? Going through, you know. Mm -hmm isolation in a lot of cases. Um, what are your mental health tips from the expert? Um, get a hobby. Find out what you like to do in your spare time. Um, it, it was funny that DeAndre mentioned that he was a chef because I, that's like something that I love. I would love to be like a chef one day. Like we watched. Uh, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I watched. I'm going to be on that one day. <laughs> I just want to be a judge on Chopped. I don't want to be... No, I, want to be <laughs> I just want to taste On Chopped. I want to be on uh, Guy's Grocery Games. So, like, that is my thing. I just be out here mixing up random stuff. Like, one day, I'm going to open my basket and I'm going to be up there. <laughs> so, you know, find a hobby, something that you enjoy doing i like to cook i like to make bread as you can as i said earlier i uh, have my bread maker um and that has gotten me through um music is another thing i, I listen to music all day um get out of the house um go for even if you go for a walk mm -hmm. uh Go for a walk around your block just so you don't feel like that cabin fever. Um, do an outdoor activity. My wife, she did a garden. She started her hobby with starting a garden. Um, and, and don't worry if you don't have like a super green thumb. They have like uh, plant nurseries that the, the plants are already like pre-grown. So you don't really have to start from a seed if that's. If that's something that you're worried about, you can start from the plant and just kind of go from there. Keep it alive as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people, you know, just discover what you like to do with your free time. Some people like to decorate. 
Um, some people like video games. Some people discover new TV shows. Um, just something positive to occupy your mind and your time so um, you don't focus too much on the negative stuff that's happening with this pandemic. Um, but also keep yourself safe. Um, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, going out, don't you, you have to do what, you know, keeps you safe, what makes you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know over quarantine, I picked up a couple hobbies, one of which was Pokemon, <laughs> playing Pokemon. The others were, I mean, making shea butter, Small does all of our cooking, but you know, the other day I hopped in the kitchen and made banana bread <laughs> just because yeah, you never know. Your uh hobby may become uh occupation one day. A friend of mine started his own clothing line. This is one of the shirts from his clothing line. Oh, that's awesome. So, your hobby could become your occupation, your passion could become your occupation, another uh, stream of income. That you didn't know about. Yeah, that's true. And multiple streams of income is always the goal, right? Always. <laughs> Passive income. I'm going to start selling <laughs> bread soon. Watch. You <laughs> said so you're about to start selling what? This bread. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're going to be at the farmer's market. <laughs> yep, my little booth. Exactly. Yep. This is artisan. <laughs> We gotta think of a good um a good name. <laughs> I listen, my I know what's gonna be the, the star. My sweet potato cornbread is gonna be the star. Okay. I've yet to try that. I I would like to try it. Hey, we'll make it happen. Okay. <laughs> um so before we all depart, I want um everyone to make a mental health New Year's resolution. For 2022, um, so Dion, what do you resolve to do for yourself? Um, hmm. choosing myself more often. I already do, but I'm going to do it in an increased capacity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think for me, um, it would be to to look into starting therapy. Get started on that. Um, just for myself and taking time to take care of myself. <laughs> Oftentimes I look up and I'm like, yeah, I should probably go take a shower. I've been, I literally told Jamal the other day because Ryan, I took off his diaper and then like he bare ass sat on the pillow. Not, no wipe, no nothing. And then I laid on the same pillow immediately after. I was like, being a parent is literally like losing self-respect. <laughs> I need to like get back and tap into um, being Brittany and not just being Brittany the mom or Brittany the wife. So yes. that is my resolution for 2022. Rod, what are you going to do for yourself? Um, for me, um, I think that, you know, choosing myself first in, uh, situations will definitely be something that I need to work on. Um, I, I don't put myself first um, a lot of times. 
So I, I think I need to do that to take care of myself more. Um, and then also I want to make sure that I tell the people that I care about, that I care about them more often. I am terrible with express, like terrible expressing myself, but not to like the people that society tells you that you should like my mom. I can tell my mom, I love her. I can tell my brother, I love him. I can tell my wife, I love her, but friends and things like that. It is super awkward and super difficult for me to tell them that I love them, but I do. Right. Like, and it's like, I appreciate them and, and things like that, but it is super awkward for me to express that. So, um, my friends have said, oh, yeah, you, you, I've seen that you are trying more to do that, and I appreciate it. So mm -hmm. I want to be able to do that more often, just to tell the people that I care about, that I appreciate them and care about them so that they know. Right. Foster those friendships. And, right. I mean, it's equally as important because it's so easy to lose a friend just because you have not spoken to them or... Right. Whatever the case may be, and I'm a shower. That's my love language. I'm a shower. I I I do things for people. Mm -hmm. I expect them to know that I'm doing it because I care about them. But some people need to hear that that right. that you care about them. I'm like yeah, you you wash the dishes, but do you like me? Right, exactly. Like, what do you mean? I wash this whole thing of dishes. That don't show that I like you. No, it just shows that you wash the dishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love languages are also very important to understand. Super important. For sure. Okay. In all relationships. Well, Jamal said that he always tells his friends that he loves them because you never know um, what they need to hear that day. Yeah, and that's true. I need to work on that. Yeah. It, it, listen, as a man, it was it's, it's, I don't know what it is. It was just, it's just been super, it was super awkward for me to tell friends, like, especially male friends, too. Mm -hmm. Like, to hug your male friends. I love you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I try to, to tell them as many times as I can so that they know. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that um, either of you guys would like to say, touch on, circle back to? I just want to make sure. No. Um, uh, just emphasize that mental health is health. Your your the mind is is very powerful, and if your mind is not healthy then your body will not be healthy you will not be healthy um so the mind is very powerful take care of your mental uh, take care of your physical as well but um make sure you're taking care of yourself mentally absolutely thank you so much rod for joining us this evening um Thank you for helping us circle out our mental health month. It's been a very heavy month. I think this conversation has kind of eased that a bit um, and has allowed people to just kind of understand that going to therapy is normal. Like you said, it, it is your health. So um, check on your friends, encourage them to talk to you, talk to someone. 
Um, like I said, build that emotional trust in all of your relationships so yes. that people do feel comfortable talking um, and expressing themselves. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys for coming on. Well, DeAndre works here, but <laughs> I appreciate you for joining us um, on this last episode of Mental Health Month um, on our Unapologetically Black Never Broken, Always Empowered podcast. I look forward to seeing you guys next year. Um, and um, yeah, New Year's is such a magical day to me. Like, it's like, oh, it's a new year. <laughs> so um, it just, I look forward to speaking to you guys and, and um, seeing you next year. And I hope everything goes well this week like it did last. Thank you. Same for you. Um, have a wonderful evening, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Of course. Let us know if you want to be a return guest. Listen, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still getting January's together, um, but we'll have that schedule up and, and going so that everyone who is interested in being a guest at any of our future podcasts and know what what's going on well all right have a wonderful evening guys you too thanks